Welcome to recordings from the 2017 Festival of Faith and Music. The biennial festival brings together musicians, critics, journalists, artists, and listeners for three days of concerts, lectures, and conversations that explore the intersection of music and spirituality. What follows is a conversation with Julian Baker, an independent artist who wrote an album in her first year of college that garnered praise from the New York Times, Pitchfork, and NPR. In this chat with John Williamson from the Student Activities Office at Calvin College, Julian discusses the themes of self-worth, depression, and faith in her music. This conversation was recorded after her show in the Covenant Fine Arts Center Auditorium on March 31st, 2017. My name, my name's John Williamson, or, or Moose. Yeah, what's up? Woo, I'm the star. Um, I'm the assistant director of the Festival of Faith and Music. Isn't that cool? And uh, research and program coordinator in the Student Activities Office. Uh, Ken usually does these, but um, he got to talk to her in the fall, and it's, it's a little easier when you know you're talking to someone who has a lot to say, so, so I'm excited to talk to Julian, before we start, I want to say to everyone, happy International Transgender Visibility Day, right? Am I right? Let me catch that in. I'm such a great ally. I'm the man. Um, You are. You're a great ally. So we have a traditional starting question, uh, which has to do with artists not created in a vacuum. It's part of this conversation artists are having. It's, It's about... Um, how, you know, things you're taking in might be coming out in your work. And so the question is, what are, what are you reading? Um, I'm reading a lot of things, mainly because I compulsively buy books, and then also was given two books within the last 24 hours, because people know that I'm a dork about that. So I'm reading fiction, uh, the John Darnell like work of fiction it's called like universal harvester something like that um i just bought a book by rebecca solnit that i'm starting and um i was finishing up uh james agee's uh, let us now praise famous men about the like the kind of anthropological like uh tenant farmers and like poverty and what that means when you really try to represent each person individually which was cool and super not interesting to anyone but me. And then, uh, let's see, I bought something else that I was really excited to start. Um, and I can't think of it right now. Oh, oh my, uh, Orwell, Homage to Catalonia. Yeah, so, yep. <laughs> All of those uh, tones. Are there other... Um, of, media that you're taking in? Is there music you've been listening to? Is there anything that you're into right now that might be coming out? I've been really revisiting. I had a conversation with one of my friends recently about like the poeticism of hardcore and which was topical because of you know what I've been thinking about with this festival and uh, so I've been really still listening to that every time I die record that came out last year and like revisiting yeah what's up and revisiting the drug church record and I'm trying to think of like other things that were just put out. I'm like revisiting a lot of stuff. Um, I know, I feel like I should, I make like new stuff playlists, but I can never manage to like think of them when the time comes. 
No. I'm sorry. No, that's cool. Just listening to old hardcore records. That's good. That's the right thing to do. They're not that old. I, I, <laughs> I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Um, I got to sit in your uh, workshop today. You talked about um, the DIY scene, the community you found there, and maybe what the the church in general could be learning from it. I'm wondering, and we don't have the slides or anything. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you have to summarize, but what maybe do you feel like the church or the world at large could learn about or from you know the community in the DIY scene? Well, this dramatic pause is so that I can choose hopefully the most articulate words. I'll still probably fall short, but um, I'm I'm always reluctant to do like a this is what you could be doing better. Uh, like a finger wagging at, you know, like organized religion or, yeah, even, even to the church, um, mainly because I recognize that people practice uh, religion, they exercise their spirituality in a way that makes sense to them, and it's just because the, I, I grew up in the DIY music scene. That is what makes sense to me, but I see it enacting uh, the values that are fundamentally egalitarian, community-oriented, that, that focus on something larger than oneself, uh, and prioritizing that above individual needs, grievances. Um, there's a lot of love. Like, I've been thinking about like that, not to just like, whatever, I'm at a Christian college. Just You know that Micah passage that's like, um, what does the Lord require of you? And it's very simple. See, you do justice, you walk humbly, you you love others, essentially. And it's like, that's simple, but not easy. And I think the DIY community, like, is good at sacrificing things that seem like a great cost to personal comfort. Like, it is a great cost to personal comfort to, like, you know, spend all your cash supporting local bands, but, like, they don't have anything. They don't have gas money to get to the next town. It's a great cost to you to let people sleep on your floor, but that's literally like giving all of yourself and your time and allocating your resources in a more egalitarian way that I think lines up with the socialist aspects of Christ's teachings, which I just said in a sentence. That was scary. It's scary. But, okay, so to that effect, to what I just said of being scared to say, like, the Bible has socialist themes, like, even that, like, feeling like you cannot open a dialogue, I feel like the DIY community is all about giving each person a voice, validating identities, and so that you feel empowered to talk about that, because, like, as a person who's a member of the church, like, you are empowered and authorized by your identity in Christ to speak on these things and have your voice heard and your observations weighed in upon. So we could do more of that to make it a dialogue and not, like, sage on a stage, as they say in the dork education community. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of wish I had my PowerPoint. (laughs) (laughs) You worry about social... I feel like in your workshop you said something about seizing the means of production, and I was like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I like... Drop that in there. (laughs) I slid in some communist manifesto references. That's funny. That's funny. Um, I didn't mean to. It just happens. <laughs> naturally. Um, okay, the next question. It's sort of a two-parter, or maybe you can choose how much of each to answer. The first cool. question is, um, 
what do you do with the mad that you feel? And the, the, second, the second part, and maybe related, assuming that making music is part of how you uh, mention and manage emotion, uh, what made you want to make music? What makes you want to make music? Um, what do you get from music on this end? What, okay, I'm going to answer your first question. Yeah, great. <laughs> what do I do with the mad that I feel? I think these songs, that's an inside joke for anyone who was at David Dark's workshop, but yeah, it's anyone who likes It's Mr. something Rogers. Fred Rogers said yeah. to a, a Senate uh, committee <laughs> trying to decide whether to give $20 million to PBS. Yeah, um, but, uh, but it's interesting that, I, I say that as a joke, I think this, these songs... But the way that I mention and manage emotions, well, first of all, I think like mentioning is part of managing your emotions. Being transparent is part of beginning the healing process. And when we can do that, when we can extend ourselves and be honest about the things that we feel, um, we don't feel so alone. And so that's a really scary part of being a performer now is because like I I make music and I started making music um because I can't not make music I think that's what you know a person finds their essential passion uh often in art like the thing that just comes out of you without you having to it is you know the art is a byproduct of your healing it's what you need to do to like make sense of what you feel in this world um and so the way that I manage that is like putting it into song and so a lot of especially like the new songs I like joke about them being about going to therapy or whatever but it's just like what do you do when you are made to feel like there is something wrong with you and then understanding that like wait but if I'm a creature that I believe has purpose and um, is, was set here intentionally, H- how can I believe those things about myself? Um, and, and what that means for how we view ourselves and our, our self-confidence, our self-concept, and how that can help us heal and help us see that even the messy parts about us, probably particularly the messy parts about us, are those that are most apt tools for helping others. You know, it's never the, like, ways I have all my stuff together that people are like, me too. (laughs) Glad we can be friends because we both have everything figured out. You know, like, no. The things that I talk to people after shows about are the ways that, you know, I've felt this fear. I've felt this inadequacy or, like, I'm flawed in this way and we're working on it, you know. Thank you. I'm going to go to you for some questions. I'll have one more at the end. Uh, we want to give these questions sort of about uh, her art, her as an artist, and less about her as a celebrity. <laughs> People Magazine. Oh, They're just God. celebrities. They're just like us. Um, <laughs> that's Us Weekly, I know. Um, Good Lord. Questions. Cool. No. You. This one's going. Oh, wait. Oh, I see how it's working now. I thought, for some reason, I just pointed like they were going to scream. 
Okay, so let's do this. Okay, so this is like a burning question for me. Like, it's not as deep as the questions you asked, but like, it's fine. at the end of Go Home, there's like this radio noise. Mm. And like, every time I play it, I always think there's something. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get to, I feel like I'm towering over you. So, okay. I always feel like there's like something wrong with my stereo whenever I play it. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, oh, God, doofus, Rachel, it's something in the song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, why did you decide to keep it in? Because, like, for me, it's like a kick in the gut at the end. It just makes me cry even more. Oh, and, like, I'm how sorry. did you, and, like, how did you, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That was like, my, like, Mortal Kombat finish him move. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, I didn't mean to. Wow, but, like, claps for classic <laughs> video games. But, nice like, how job. did you, how did you, like, did you just record the song and then you realized at the end, oh, this is, this is in there? Or? No, well, sort of, uh, I didn't intentionally put it there. It, like, the preamps uh, in the, for the vocal mic were picking up something about them. I don't know, somehow. Hmm. Bizarrely, I was like, oh, I'm going to go in and track this in Christ alone d- thing. And then um, there was, like, interference in the mic or whatever, how they had it wired up. And it was picking up radio interference, and it happened to be a... Yeah, like one of those radio preachers. And I thought it was just like too interesting of a happy accident that it was like an organic studio thing that I just left it in there. Which is odd because like now that I'm thinking about it, there's, it's not like explicitly a problematic thing that he says, but it's just a very like, he's like he sits on the throne as a judge. He is now a judge. And so like, because I think, you know, Christ died for the forgiveness of sins, it's like he's judging you as accepted, so that's fine. But then there's a lot of, like, negligible content in there that I w- wish I could put, like, an asterisk in the record and be like, this is what I think about the term judge and that word choice. Um, but yeah, I just left it in there because I thought it was a cool thing that happened. So. Thanks. You're welcome. Sure. I know when I've been listening to your album and just your songs in general, I think a lot about um, what God is doing in the world and his activity. And I was just curious if you, uh, similar to like healing, I don't know, like physical healing, you've seen uh, things like that or like demons, um, spiritual, scary things. Um, Do you have any of those experiences that feel, that you feel of like, um, embedded themselves in your work or like in you um, or at least you've uh, interacted with because yeah when I listen to it that's what I I remember out of, out of my spiritual experience and my journey with Christ okay I think I understand what you're saying so are, you're talking about like I don't want to say like more or less tangible or perceivable God, God, like, working, God acting. Yeah, so because instead of the general, I see God moving in your life, it's a, I feel God okay. healing me There's, in a way. I wish I had, like, two hours to unpack all of this. But so there's things I think that sometimes I forget. There's, like, all these different ways that we choose to put, like, like, characters on God, like, not just the tripartite God and those functions, but we choose to have, like, the vengeful God and the forgiving God, the personal God, the social God, um, as all the same God. So there's, like, 
moments in my life where I think the miraculous is happening. Has, has anybody read C.S. Lewis's Miracles? Okay, sorry, that was like a crapshoot. But like, there's this part where C.S. Lewis talks about um, the supernatural and the natural like being closer than we think because the natural already has allowances for the astounding and improbable. And like, those are the ways that I see God working in miraculous ways, which was a generality. So maybe I'll give you, I mean, everything from, there's a dramatic example in my music about like, being in danger of physical harm that I am like, why did I survive these very perilous circumstances? And there's a very charismatic way to say, like, God had a purpose for your life and saved you. And that's true, but, like, my life was always going to turn out that way because, like, I don't think God has a plan B if he is the omnipotent God we believe he is. Like, that's just consistent with theology. So... I see miraculous things happening in, like, mostly the way that I believe God has revealed to me or illuminated to me is in human interaction with each other. So, like, I can try to, like, read all the fancy-schmancy philosophical theologian head food books about God, but, like, I'll end up with, like, a Solomon complex where... The more I think I know, the less I really know. And then I really am like, you know, like when I hear all you guys singing and I'm like, oh, well, someone cares besides me. I'm like, oh, well, their God is. And like Ju- like Julian Baker, like capital J-B, is like not important as a person. But like that interaction is important. That's miraculous that like all of you are strangers and we get to like be here. That's, I'm like literally sitting cross-legged. That sounds really kumbaya-ish. But, like, I mean it, you know? That's miraculous to me. So that is how I see God working. End of answer. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cool. Hi. Hi there. I saw you earlier. Super pumped that we're doing this, because I I liked it from the last time you came. Oh, cool. uh, This is great. Um, I I briefly talked to you before uh, the show, and... I've been subscribed to NPR Music on YouTube for a little while now, and that's that's where I discovered you when you you know first showed up on the tiny desk. Shout out to Anne, thanks. Oh, cool. <laughs> Anne Powers Sorry is actually it. who like made anyone care about my music at all. Sweet. Cool. Um, cool. <laughs> so, um, you know, I we're the same age, and I'm going to graduate college soon in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm graduating with a degree in computer science, but for like 10 years now, you know, my passion has truly been music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been honing the skill yeah, ever right. since. And I, ever since I, you know, discovered Julian Baker, um, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, um, I've always just wondered, you know, what, what your journey, if you could give a, like an abbreviated summation of that's kind of hyperbole uh, <laughs> of your sort of journey to this point and what it's like for you to sort of be on this kind of uh, path where you're able to do these kinds of things like mm. the rewards of it and the struggles that come along with this kind of work right okay 
I'll try to answer you concisely because there are a lot of possible rabbit trails contained in that. Um, I will tell you one thing that I tell myself a lot, which is the nature of accomplishments is that they are transient, to borrow a lyric from Anthony Green. Um, But yeah, so I am amazed every day that this gets to be my job and aware of its precarious nature, but grateful for the time I have here while I have it. Um, That said, the... I feel like sometimes people ask about, like, the transition from... It's funny, I was talking to Luke before this, and he was like, I don't play. I don't, I'm not the kind of, I don't play these kinds of shows. And I was like, well, me neither, dude. We play the same kind of shows. And we just played a lot of them, and we're honest. And I don't think it has anything to, well... If it has anything to do with me, I don't think it's because I'm just that bad A of a guitar player or lyricist or poet. I think it's just because, like, the people who taught me when I was coming up instilled an idea that it's important what you play and how you play it and how you phrase it, but it's also important that you say thank you and that you pay it forward and that you're kind and, like... Um, especially like I don't know the the people that I've met that have invested in me are more responsible for it like probably Ann Powers has more to do with why I'm here than I do you know what I mean like or like where's my manager Sean there's a Sean Rohrer is here he's a great friend and his role in my life has been immense as a mentor like those people it's it comes back to like community like I think I hear a lot of people talk about, like, I got here because I worked really hard. People get to where they are because they work very hard and other people believe in them and help them. And that's what's most important. Um, So I don't want to just be like, you too can achieve this if you just put your nose to the grindstone because that's sort of like a more specified musician's version of American bootstrap mentality, which is also a lie. So... I'm just saying, thank you, someone, for clapping. I don't know if that made anyone uncomfortable, but it's a lie. So, anyway, I'm not, so it's, and that's also not to say that, like, you can't succeed, but just, I think, defining success as, I remember the first tour I ever went on before Sprained Ankle was ever out on 6131 Records. Somebody, like, DM'd me and said, like, hey, I've never heard of you, and Rejoice meant a lot to me, and I was like, I've done it. I've made it. Somebody DM'd me that doesn't know me personally. And uh, I still feel that way. Like, that's what's most valuable to me. And so it's easy to achieve success when you define it as having meaningful relationships with people. (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh, I sound like a dork. It's great, though. I mean it. I mean it. It's true. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to do maybe one more from there. Sure. Um, how do you reconcile your, like, sexual identity and your Christian identity? How do you, like, how do you, I, yeah. That. All of it? Just all of it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's, like, several, like, paths we could take right now. But it's important to me 
Maybe the most important, personally, um, because it was a huge deal in my life, and um, there might, I know there's at least like one or two people that came up to me before the show that are kind of dealing with these ideas. But so, you know, I could take you through the passages in the Bible where homosexuality is mentioned, and I could unpack my feelings about the historical context, about the original translation, and I could do all of that, or I could tell you that I think that what is discussed most of primary importance in the Bible, more than anything else, is like love for your neighbor, even like discussed more than sexuality or any kind of sexual sin is like like reading Isaiah and Jeremiah and seeing that the social sin of just like fundamentally like class inequality, like neglecting the material needs of your brothers and sisters, that kind of like callousness and hard-heartedness is like the fundamental sin. That's how we should think of sin is like the opposite of loving our neighbor. Like sin is not a failure to measure up to a standard that varies person by person and is determined by our cultural lens on a scripture that is way more complex than people want to understand or have dialogue about. And if you, I'm sorry. So if anybody disagrees with me, that is okay because you are entitled to that. But I'm saying that far too often, I think we pick these micro issues to negotiate. And like earlier, I was talking about my vicar, um, my pastor, um, the church I go to in Murfreesboro. And just thinking, I was like, do you think that, like, a person can be good? And, like, I have all these sins that I'm carrying around. And it was, like, reverse idolatry of sin where I was obsessed with the things I was doing wrong. And she was like, get over yourself. Like, do you realize that being obsessed with how wrong you are, like, everyone is messing up in some way. And it's impeding you from living in community with each other focusing on the wonder of God, like, I'm even here sharing this with you, but, like, I think what's more treacherous than the, like, social moral relativism that we have in the, like, weird political sphere going on, what's more treacherous than that is when we fail to just, like, be human to each other because we're dying on an issue of like we're dying on a hill of a commitment to an issue that's discussed like a handful of times and neglecting the commandment to love each other primarily does that make sense or did I ramble too much okay cool We have a traditional closing question, um, but we asked that the conversation in the fall, and you can find that on our website, and some girl over here is like really desperate to ask a question, so I'm, you have the last question. Congratulations. Oh, no. Okay. Come on. Yeah. Give it up for glasses. I love that you're running through the stands like it's a b- baseball game. I'm so honored. Okay. Um, so have you ever read anything by Brené Brown? Oh my gosh, I watched one of her like videos. TED Talks? Friends hit me. Yeah, but I haven't read anything of hers. Okay, well, she talks a lot about um, being vulnerable, like a lot of things you're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things, <laughs> you should read her book. <laughs> Books, I think there's plural. But um, she talks a lot about like, um, like sharing your story with people who've earned the right to hear it. And she also talks about this concept of like oversharing. I was really curious because your music is so vulnerable and really meaningful to a lot of people. But um, how do you balance that with like not oversharing and retaining a sense of like actual meaning in your friendships with people who've like earned the right to be in a relationship with you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because, and this is a little bit different because the the two times I've played here. Um, it's an environment that kind of invites discussion and where I feel like as a musician, um, you know, I have this microphone and so rather than be neutral or even worse, use it to promote uh, superficial or meaningless things, I'd rather use it to promote something positive. And so I try to speak as much as I can about positive things and a lot of times that ends up being, being vulnerable about my thoughts on my sexuality and faith, my, my thoughts on mental health, my thoughts on substance abuse. Um, but those things are all at, you know, they are part of my emotional health. Like, that's a contributing factor is, like, sharing that is kind of taxing. But it's worth it, and I think it's just a balancing act of sharing the things that are constructive. Um because there's a fine line between, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like share anecdotes of the worst and most traumatic parts of my life because those would provide a really vivid illustration for you all, but they would not tell you my thoughts of how I feel about things. They would just be like a dramatic entertainment. And those are the things that I keep to myself that are mine and my own. Um, but if anybody asks me my thoughts about sexuality, substance abuse, mental health, um, I like to be candid about them. And I think it's important to, even when it's most difficult or I feel embarrassed, uh, sometimes that motivates me like, oh, now, now I have to say it. If I feel like this is a part of me that's too ugly to share, that's the part of me that most needs sharing to, because somebody else might feel like that same thing is too ugly to share. And if I say, I went to therapy on April Fool's Day, ha 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 ha, then we can have an actual laugh and not a bitter, angry laugh about it, you know? So that's how I feel about it. Okay, festival people, we're, we're in the recital hall tomorrow at 10. Um, everybody else, you should, you should go buy merchandise uh, for Vagabonds, for Julian. Um, Please buy and, from Vagabonds. He's got a 60-day right. tour coming up. And, and then just help me, help me thank uh, Julian for sharing. Thanks for listening. Thank you also to everyone who spoke or performed or attended the 2017 Festival of Faith and Music. These recordings were produced in collaboration between the Student Activities Office at Calvin College and the Calvin Center for Faith and Writing. You can find more recordings from the 2017 Festival of Faith and Music and short films from the festival concerts at ccfw.calvin.edu.